Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Well, welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Tonight, we have an awesome, I'm so excited to introduce to you, Desi Maynard, the Chief Vision Officer from Maynard Leadership, and then myself, Ashley Chandler, and Pastor Jim Parkin. Welcome to our show, man. Hey, glad to be here. Excited for tonight. Yes. Thanks for coming in. You are actually, this is the most planning I've done maybe ever. Usually, (laughs) it's like Sunday, and I'm like, oh, Shoot. You know, I'll put something on Facebook. Anybody want to be on the podcast? Hit us up. <laughs> I love it. That's so. great. Well, you're actually, you're about four weeks ahead now, though, Jim, because you've got our 100th episode planned. We've got our guest yes. for the 100th episode, so that's pretty dope. So yeah, We're going to have to do the full hour on that. We might go deep. That's cool. I have some plans. Ooh. Nice. Cool. 100 episodes, that's awesome. Well, and the neat thing, too, is that before coming underneath the church's umbrella and being on their um, podcast platform. Um, we actually had 40 some episodes and stuff. So we're actually in total TLE life <laughs> of podcasts. We're around 150. We'll be 150 in um, August, but we have cool. since coming on to the church's SoundCloud account and everything um, will be a hundred episodes in August. So we're super grateful for everything that kingdom builders and FCC has done. So it's been pretty amazing these past yeah. few years. So yeah. Heck yeah. Very right good. on. Well, so <clears throat> this episode, I wanted to, I wanted to hit you up in your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times like when we're talking about, veterans in the military we know how the leadership works you know there's rank structure and specific and you earn your way and the in the military we would have to earn promotion points mm-hmm. you know and go to a soldier of the month board then a promotion board then there was like primary leadership development course or pldc they called it then b knock and a knock and all those things and fire service is kind of the same you earn your rank and the police I'm, you know, I, that's the least of my knowledge is how it works, but I imagine it's like paramilitary in EMS. However, the way we do business is basically, I guess it's kind of the same, but the theory is if you've done the job for a long time, then you could be a good leader. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of times that's just not the case. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, that, that's not just in that industry. I mean, most places in the corporate world are just like that. I mean, you look at any like sales um, leadership and the reason they became leaders because they were really good at sales. Right. Right. And all of a sudden now they're leading all the salespeople and they're like, well, I mean, I, I haven't done this part before, but I'm really good at the thing. Yeah. So I think Jim, I think you're spot on with that. You know, I think that's a I think that's a normal thing that um, that, that gets broken a lot because mm-hmm. of that exact reason. Oh, you're high performing, so you lead all the high performers. Well, I haven't done that before. Good luck, right. man. You're gonna do great. 
Or it's a whole right. completely different set of skills. You know what I mean? Like leading 100%. people is completely different than mm-hmm. doing doing sales. And I've, I mean, I've even seen situations where you get the new manager outsourced coming in, you know, or hired from outside. And then everybody has, you know, a, a bug up their butt because, well, I've been here for so long and I've been mm-hmm. whatever. Well, the skill set that's required for that position looks quite different than, you know. So, yeah, it's it's quite different. Right. It was interesting too. When I first got out of the army and we moved, we ended up here. I got a job working for a dude who did floor covering um, for, he would like subcontract with Barton Mallow construction down by the city. But he, this guy hires me based on the fact that I was in leadership. You know, I was a NCO or whatever in the army mm-hmm. and he would put me in charge of these floor covering crews where I had no idea, man, like no idea what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know how they measure it. I don't know anything about it, but I'm just out there telling these dudes, make sure you're on time, make sure you don't miss this. And they would be like, who is this guy? Like, (laughs) and, but I would be honest with them. They'd say, you don't even know what we're doing. And I'd be like, you're right. You're right. I have no idea what you guys are doing, but you when I'm here, you're on time, huh? You know, and it was, yeah. but, you know, so that set of skills and that is translated into my EMS career, but there's also a case of, I don't want to be in leadership now. Yeah. Like I can see like the end of the road, you know, the, I'm in the well into the autumn of my career and I'm, yeah, I just want to be a paramedic. I just want to go do the thing and then go home, you know, and still I'm kind of in charge of the, I'm an FTO coordinator, which means I'm just basically overseeing the other medic FTOs. And it's, it's interesting because none of them need to be led. Mm-hmm. They're all very much self-led. They're very, very capable of keeping, keeping themselves doing what they're doing. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's interesting to, I have no desire, but through that, everybody comes to me before they go to the actual supervisors. I guess that's good. At the same time, it's super frustrating. Yeah. I mean, what you have there is a, is a situation of you have people leadership. You don't even have the position and they still come to you. That's because the people believe. Right. (laughs) Right. Whether you want them to or not, whatever your actions or behaviors have been, have led them to that have led you have led them to come to you for the things, right? For their problems, basically opportunities, Mm -hmm. all those things. Yeah. That's what I usually call people leadership. That's where I like to focus the most. Uh, A lot of times, one of the biggest stigmas of a leader is that they focus on the things because that's all that they've been good at for most of their life are the things. Well, when you become a leader, the focus isn't the things anymore. It's the people. Right. And that's a, Big, big difference. You know, it it becomes way less about the to-do list, way less about, uh, you know, the numbers and those things and the structure and way more about the people and how they're doing because they're going to do all the things and they're going to, they're going to decide whether you're good at them or not. It's good. Mm. It's good. I, I find that very interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, even with like lighthouse experiment, Jim is definitely like the leader of all of this, you know, and now he's mm-hmm. gone and gotten credentialed. He's pastor, you know, so you really are leading in so many ways that you just, 
the yeah, I think the actual being responsible for the do's and don'ts of other people following through with their job, it's nice to like guide them and mentor them, but not be responsible like if they do it or not. You know, it's like all on them. So that right. separation of position and authority over them directly is nice. And I I I, I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy having to be responsible for people. However, I think in some aspects of my life I've had to learn how to kind of get into that a little bit better. Cause you do have to, you know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, most of the things that I do with my clients are, I, I, I like to show powerful people how powerful they are, you know, in the best way mm-hmm. possible. Right. I mean, cause what I'm hearing immediately from pastor Jim here is humbleness of like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but and it's like, dude, you're a leader. So step it, step into it, accept it. Uh, <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. And then like, and you did, I mean, you, you know, you took on this, you know, this grand blank, you know, house campus, house church, you're stepping into that, you're growing that, you know, you're like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but it's like, no, it's cool. It's okay. It's okay to have impact, especially if it's real, if it's positive right. and it's helping people. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. So my partner who comes to, he comes to Monday nights, we were talking about it and he made the comparison, um, like in a worldly comparison to, uh, to Iserman and how that guy never back in the day, he, he wasn't the best, right? He was not the leading scorer. He was not the leading minutes guy, but he led so well. And now translate to years later, he's back here. And if you're a sports person, which I believe that you are, you know, and you've probably been witnessing the Iser plan in action and how this dude is making moves with other teams. That's like, I don't understand how you can pull players like he's pulling and is telling Mm -hmm. them, we'll talk about what we'll give you later. And they're just, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a classic example of believe the vision, believe the person. If you believe in both, it's slam dunk, man. Right. Like you can believe in one or the other, but if you can get them to believe in both, oh man, it's over. Just like you just explained right there. Like they just want to be around him. They they love the vision. They love the person. They love the direction. Let's go. We'll figure out the Mm -hmm. details later. Right. That's really cool. Right. And that, that is, that is definitely, that's the type of person. Like I was blessed to have that type of, men to follow when I was in the, mm-hmm. in the military and in the fire service, you know, and in at Swartz, you know, people that you just believe, you know, like our, uh, Jeff Lewis is, is our, you know, his title is executive vice president, but he, you rarely ever see him, but when all like the turmoil and there's little, there's a little bit of turbulence in the industry in our County right now. And it's just my, all 17 years, I've always just looked at him, not even had to speak. Just if he's not worried, then we're good. If he's still doing the day-to-day, making the same moves, then we're okay. Like nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a leader has has a presence to them. Right. I, I usually call it uh, like the, the thermometer or the thermostat. Right. You know, usually a leader is the thermostat. The temperature of the room changes when they walk it. Mm-hmm. 
whether they like it or not, whether anyone admits it or not, something changes just by the mere presence of a leader. Right. You know, for the good or the bad. Obviously, I'm always trying to focus on the good and creating that scenario and that environment. I think we all are. Well, I shouldn't Mm -hmm. say all of us, but most of us are. You know, but I think every leader has that type of presence to them in their own way. And I think that's key too, is, right. you know, be, be who you are. Cause you're, right. you're the only one that knows how to do it well. Good. So how long, like what, what got you to, to wit, to uh Mainer leadership? Yeah. How did we get here? Yeah. So um, the way I usually kind of frame it is that I'm a third generation meaning um, my grandpa, John Martin Maynard, my dad, Roger Dean Maynard, and then me. Uh, so mayor leadership really started with my grandpa a long time ago. Um, and I just happened to put a name and a logo to it, really. And these were, these were men that taught me everything I know, the most influential men of my life, the leaders in my life, per se. And um, I lost them both within 18 months of each other, uh, a little over four years ago now. When that happened, and we talk about authenticity and identity a lot, I re- had to reevaluate who I was and what the heck I was doing. Um, the world that was kind of that I lived in and how I saw it, they played a massive role in that. And they were, to me, they were giants. Um, mm-hmm. And that was just kind of, that was their presence. Well, they were no longer here, which meant to me that I was the patriarch of the family now. That's a lot different role. And over a long journey of, you know, where, who am I, where do I want to go now that this is my position in life, really, that was, that was a long journey in deciding that. So, you know, I always say that um, Maynard Leadership was born the, at, at my dad's funeral when I stood up and the last thing in the world that I wanted to do was face the entire crowd. But when I did and I turned around, I saw a standing room only in the back of the room, standing room only in the hallway, and standing room only looking through the windows outside. And that right there is when I knew that he played a much bigger game than I ever mm-hmm. even knew about. Right. And I thought, I am playing a very small one. Mm-hmm. I need to play a bigger game. I'm, you know, I'm good at what I do and I love what I do. And I'm not, ha- I don't have enough impact. I can be playing a bigger game. And I, it was just right then and there, I felt very called to something larger, but I had no clue what that was yet. <laughs> you know, I knew what it wasn't, but I didn't know what it was. So then it was keep walking in faith, take a step, right. take another step. And then it was jump off a cliff and leave my career, um, you know, with a pregnant wife and then had to sell the house and, Lots of risks and lots of things, but uh, I've never felt so strongly in a calling as I have with this. And I've been a very competitive athlete my whole life and felt like that was what I was built to do was compete. So really, I just found a new way to compete as an adult. Yeah. So there's lots of little pieces to it and variables, you know, Mm -hmm. but one door kind of led to another and then before you knew it, there was a name and there was a logo. And, you know, people always say, hey, so how long have you been doing this? I've been leading and coaching, studying leadership um, since I was five. So my whole life, I've been doing this. Right. right. <laughs> That's cool. 
Yeah. That's fantastic. And we've actually, we talked about that a few episodes ago. Yeah. I believe yeah. about playing play? for that. Yeah. That long game, you know, that game of influencing and impacting people's lives. So you're playing for that packed house. Well, and I think funeral, Jim, you right? actually said play so that they have to like change the venue. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, dude, that, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yeah. I mean, Pastor Jim once shared a story about doing somebody's funeral and he said it was just, he said less than a dozen people. And he was trying to like the day before he was meeting with everybody and he was just trying to get a feel or maybe earlier and before the service and just tell me something about this guy. And he said, one lady said, well, he, you know, he really liked his Budweiser and, and pastor was like, Oh, Oh no. But I can remember that little story really impacted me. And just as like, you know, like I don't want to be in such a closed little bubble you know, doing, focusing only on, on my thing that, you know, I, I go ahead and something happens, you know, I die or whatever. And then like my wife and kids and like four other people show up and they have no idea what to say. You know what I mean? That'd be terrible. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing that, that I love about leadership is the ripple effect. Right. Right. Like my, my grandpa's ripple effect is his great grandkids and their great grandkids. Yeah. So all the way through. So, you know, legacy is very important to me. I lead from Mm -hmm. a place of legacy. That that is a very important piece of it to me. Right. But the ripple effect of legacy and leadership, you know, if, if we can help one leader who has a team of 25, who each have a husband or a wife and, you know, and kids, and it's like that, that gets wide fast. And that ripple becomes a big old wave that becomes a sea. And I think that's, that's so powerful when it's like, you can do all of that with one conversation. Right. Change one life. And that one life can change two, can change four and so on and so forth. That's what I love mm-hmm. about leadership. That's what I love about legacy. That's so cool. <laughs> I know. It makes me think of like 80 things right now. It's just really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's cool too because I hear you know I was uh, I'm gonna digress again to the sporting world and I'm so I'm a big fight fan like all the fights if people are like boxing I'll stream jujitsu stuff on YouTube and then obviously the MMA stuff but there's this young kid from Dagestan that's coming up behind a retired fighter who's just this guy's name is Khabib and Khabib was just the guy undefeated smashed. Everybody would tell them that you're like, while he's punching their face, you can hear audio in some of his fights saying, listen, man, you're a great guy. Everybody likes you, but it's my time to be champion. You have to understand this and like, and it just smash in the face. But this, this young guy, they ask him, hey, won his last fight. And they ask him how he feels about being compared to Khabib. And he said, what do you like this? I'm honored to be compared to this guy. You know, this dude, this dude comes from home, leaves his family, comes to America to help them train. He said he rents the house. He rents the cars. <clears throat> Nobody has to pay for anything. And he just mm-hmm. takes just takes really good care of these people. And this dude has said so many things. Now, 
is Dagestan, so they're Muslims, right? But he says some things in regards to God that that is just like I think that maybe sometimes that we should all take a look at that, <laughs> and because you know he in this last fight of guys lay Conor McGregor is a fighter his ankle broke and he's his coach is saying I don't know how this happened I don't know well Khabib's response is well you know everything from God and God will show you if you need to be humble he'll give you an opportunity to be humble yeah and I was just like wow yeah and then actually this dude retired because he promised his mom and because his God told him it was time Ooh, yeah. 30 and 0, he was never going to lose. He just mm-hmm. wasn't ever going to lose. And he's like, I got to walk away. Mm-hmm. And now they're throwing millions and millions and millions of dollars. He's like, oh, I made a promise. And my mission has changed now. Wow. And just, and that's yeah. it. That's powerful. I mean, yeah. I mean, walking into your calling, stepping into that, you know, and committing to it. Right. Uh, you know, I think is I think is absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, it's that personal internal commitment. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. that you make and that, you know, you're you're the only one that knows. Right. You know, but also you know. Right. You know. Yeah. I think that's so key. Right. That's like with this, we can't not do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Ashley, this podcast, we have to do this now. It's, yeah. We're called but, into this. TLE has got to be, and it's not like that. It's not like, oh, we have to do this. You know, we went through that whole COVID year and we made an agreement yeah. that no matter what, no matter how I felt about it, no matter the topic, that each week we knew those weird phone calls into <laughs> voice notes or whatever we were doing before we realized Zoom worked. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's just committed to do, do the thing. Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about, yeah, we've talked a lot about that. We've talked a lot about um, like how we see like that grit through going through challenges, how we perceive Mm -hmm. that, that mindset in that. Um, And something I was thinking in the last week or so, just from kind of coming out of some of those conversations that we had in the podcast and something I said to a friend in all of this was, you know, but if I look at anything I go through and I know that God's asking me to walk through it and I'm being obedient and I'm, and I'm allowing him to come into that, whether it's something I'm loving right now or something that I'm not. If I ask myself, is Jesus worth this? Is Jesus Mm -hmm. worth the obedience? Is he worth walking through this so that I can be more like him so that my life can reflect his will and his, you know, all those things. Then it, it becomes like, if, if tomorrow we had to, if you told us stop doing the podcast, you're not supposed to be doing the podcast. Would we let it go? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like all of that, like is every yeah. disappointment and everything that like, even in the last 15 months or the last five years, is it all worth right. saying God, but you're worthy of it all. Mm-hmm. Not that my circumstances are enjoyable or fun or, you know, whatever the case is, you know, I don't, I don't right. want to, turn horrific situations into something that, you know, whatever. But also if I give it to God's hands, if I give it into him, then my perspective can shift and it can be something that's out of obedience and service and a faithfulness to him. And there's, I mean, all of that, you know, because I think a lot of, a lot of what I know 
I've had, I wrestle with when I go through things is the willingness to persevere and have that grit to go through something, even though I don't want it. My expectations on how I planned everything to be, my expectations on how I expected everybody else to behave and do their life, you know, like all those layers of things. And what, what is my mindset going to be? And what am I going to keep my focus on, you know? And I feel like all of that, all of that is all like tied and folded in together, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think one of the things that uh, I, I kind of shared with it in my message the other day was it, people ask me, you know, oh, hey, how do you feel today? You nervous? You know, is it going to go today? How are you feeling? You know, and I'm always like, you know, it's like when you show up to the football field on game day, it's like, I, I'm not going to not play. Right. Right. <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> if I'm going to do it, then let's roll. Let's do it. You know? So you get focused and try to try to put the like physical emotion aside, like not allow yeah, it you know, to get you worked up. It, it's the weirdest thing. It's probably one of the hardest questions for me to answer, really. You know, is like how you know how do you seem okay? Why? And it's like, yeah, because yeah, you know, it, it's just I, I'm gonna do it and it's gonna be fine. So I and I think all of that to say, uh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, I, I've, I know that I'm supposed to do this because I feel a really strong feeling about it. Yeah. So let's go. No, I don't feel like I'm equipped. No, I don't feel like I'm the one they should listen to, but apparently I, I I'm supposed to be. So right. I better right. step into that. Cause what if I don't, what if I don't, Right. you know what I mean? See, and now yeah. that's the thing right there is the, the, did I think that our house campus would blow up and be huge immediately? No. And I didn't want it to, but yeah. Yeah. For one of the greatest tools or assets I brought from the military and from my life and for doing first responder stuff is my mind just works like a, like an operator. So if it's a mission and the mission seems legit, then I'm on full go. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't need a lot, a lot more than that. Yeah. But I can't imagine, I would never want to, you know, I don't want to have to answer to God on why I didn't do something. Mm-hmm. To me, that'd be the worst, right? Like, and not to say, I mean, if if our mission changed with TLE, we weren't supposed to, and it was a really strong calling from God not to do the podcast. Got to be honest, that would suck. I would probably wrestle. I know. Might, might argue a little bit on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it would, but if that's the thing, if that should ever happen, mm. I mean, if the mission changes, the mission changes. Yeah. But I, I, you know, also aside from being obedient and faithful and having to stand before God one day and knowing all the opportunities that we had and all the moments that I could have trusted and didn't and all those times that he was so gracious and grateful, grace, you know, all those things. You know, there's going to, I feel like there's going to be so much, so many layers of everything. And I also think of the what I know times in our life where we've, where we've felt deserted. And I know that God has used those times. I think even in the devotional that we're doing on version this week, I kind of commented on that, that there have been times where it feels like we've been deserted, unsupported, alone, 
But God oftentimes, I know specifically for us, has moved us to some of those wilderness seasons where he's like, you know, it's just you mm-hmm. and I. I, j- I need to know that you can stand on me and stand mm-hmm. on what you know. And I need you to like grow those muscles a little bit to know that you are capable, that we can do this, that I have you. Mm-hmm. And but also that the joy and the honor it is to stand beside somebody else when they're mm-hmm. going through something to tell them that they can do it that mm-hmm. hope isn't lost and they've got this like to be like you talked about um well pastor carl this past week talked about being image bearers so when we get to decree and like say truth and speak it mm-hmm. and so then we like i don't that's a lot of what I feel so passionately about is the honor and the joy to be able to say truth and speak it over people and see them like come alive in a whole new way. Cause we got used to come alongside them, encourage them. And I'm sure you, you see that all the time, does he, when you get to walk yeah, I mean, things you're, with people. You're, you're speaking straight to my heart right there. <laughs> I mean, you just told, I mean, you don't even know it. You just told the story of my grief process, you know, after my grandpa and my dad and, yeah, he was working that whole time. He's like, hey, so they're not here anymore. It's just you and me. What are you right. going to do? You know? <laughs> yeah, I was mad. And, yeah, you know, people, I mean, you know, not like we're crazy and successful or something like that. But, you know, people see the smile and things. And it's like, yeah, well, here's what I don't want you to know about me. My wife was right. pregnant. I left my job. I had to sell my house. I put the whole, I put my family at risk, all of those things. And, you know, now that's not the case, but I had to walk through that. I had to start trusting him and myself of like, Hey, I'm calling on you, big boy. Let's go get that mind moving. You're more powerful than you think. Let's roll. Right. You know, start, start working. I got something big for you. Step up type of thing. You know, oh, that's so good. And um, well, you know, yeah, and it's such a blessing that like I can now use that journey to speak that into someone. You know, I can right. speak someone into the room and speak truth into them and show them how powerful they can be. Yeah, you can tell the story of my life, Ashley. It's awesome. It's it's cool too, right? Because and I've I've used this. It's one of my favorite analogies of mine, if I may, but. The whole week, we talk a lot. We go to Romans 8.28 a lot, right? In in church and Christianity and our faith. But what, Desi, you're saying, that is really in my heart, in my mind, when I hear that passage, that's what that is. It's being refined. It's that grind, right? It's like being in the suck, you know, and and having to scratch and claw your way through it. It's like being in the wrestling room. I've never wrestled, but all the dudes I know who do say it's the worst, you know, but I did do basic training and it was terrible. And the training after that and airborne training was even worse, you know, and then deployments were even worse than that. But it gave you these stories to tell and it gave you that um, in the military, we say trauma bond, you know, you get that, you get that bond but what mm-hmm. you're talking about here is that is, you know, I think sometimes that people see, hear Romans eight twenty eight and they see God uses all things for good and, and, you know, all the things. And rather than seeing that grind, you know, and that struggle and that being refined and being kind of retrained, it's more of, I think, 
the perspective is, is people may see like Pocahontas on the ledge and all the leaves and stuff. Like I call it the Disney swirl, <laughs> all the things and then everything's good. And it's, you know, yeah. Oh. And, but it's really not that man. No. It's really not. And it's just, it's been helpful for me to see that, you know, that helped my wife really switch on after like a second miscarriage. She heard, and it wasn't even like in his notes, but Pastor Jim once just in the midst of a message rattled off Romans 8, 28, and it clicked. Like she's, and she says like she had never heard it before. Like it was the very mm-hmm. first time. And then she was like, oh, oh, okay. And then what's cool about that story, it was only maybe four or five days later, we found out she was pregnant with uh, Reagan, with fourth kid. So. That's awesome. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's yeah. powerful, man. And the thing, like, like we don't know. Right. <laughs> no, we don't. Like, we're like, is this is this the good that he was talking about? I, I don't know. I don't this know. could be right. one one millionth of the good. This right. could be the bad. Who knows? Like, you know, right. Right. it's like right. we don't know the plan as bad as we all want to. Right. We all want to know right. the plan. We don't. Right. And then it's like, you just you gotta just be OK with that. Like, yeah, I don't know, but it seems like this direction. So let's go that way. Right. Right. Yep. I always, a lot of, a lot of times I talk about, it seems a lot of the leaders that I, that I, that I talk with, um, they want to know a plan. What's the blueprint? What's the formula? You know, what's the step-by-step directions go north two clicks and then east, right. and, you know, and it's like, I would love that Desi. What if I said there isn't one? Right. But there is a compass. Right. Like you can have a compass and that's usually your values. You know, what are your values? That's your compass. If your values and your vision align, yeah, go that way. That's it. That's like, cause that's as good as we can get anyways. Right. We don't know, but if you follow your values and your, I mean, you gotta make sure your values are right. Right. <laughs> in, the, in the right order, those things. If that's the case, then you're heading in the right direction. We, we don't really know. And it's like, right. you, you can get all the way to the end. And if you, all you wanted was the end, then everything that sucked in the middle, you didn't enjoy. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I mean, I've got a bucket of trophies in the basement in a box. Do I talk about the trophy? No. I talk about all the stuff that led up to the trophy. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, I think leadership's the same way. I think life is the same way. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I'll never stop talking about when my wife was pregnant and we had to sell the house and all the, like, dude, that was living. Like we, that was life <laughs> right there, man. That was mm-hmm. a real deal. Here we are. Let's do the thing. Well, I mean, I, I make the joke all the time. Yeah. You know, when I left teaching, I had some options. They were minor leadership and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> there wasn't another <laughs> one. Right. Right. <laughs> So I was like, let's do it you yeah. know, and go from there. But yeah. A- apart from, I don't know. I, this might, do you, do you miss those days? Some days. The, which days? All those days. The suck. The suck. The suck. You know, I think I've, yes. And I think I, it's more of recreating the feeling of that and the drive of that. Yeah. For me. So it's just recreating the drive. And I, I don't think I've lost that one bit. I think I've gained more of it mm. because I have clarity in the direction that I'm going. 
When I started that in the grief process, it was all directions. Right. Everything's a possibility. (laughs) It's all there on the table now. You know, so I, I think, yeah, but I think it's just, it's recreating that. And what is that like? Like I had been an athlete and a competitor my whole life. And then I found myself 10 years in and I wasn't competing. And I'm like, what, how, how did it take 10 years for me to realize that? So then it's like, okay, I like competing. So what's competing look like as an adult? There you go. Right. Well, it looks like impact. I can measure that with impact and changing, changing lives. If that's what I'm called to do. So, you know, that's kind of how I drive now. There's always going to be one more leader. Absolutely. That's, that's cool. a good question, though. It is. It's always fun <laughs> to go back to those days and pick out what was the most effective and important and the biggest value of those days. Yeah, I think I think for me, in some of those times, things got well. Even like last year, in some ways, things got very simple. Like mm-hmm. all of our categories of life got really honed in, and we focused. We really had sharp focus of what our priorities were. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that we're working. We're trying to be very conscientious about going forward that we don't just start piling things in, but that we're very intentional to think about whether or not this is something that we need to add or something that can wait or something that we need to have to say no to. So that's something that we thought a, a bit about as we go forward. And I, I think I miss some of those things being simpler. I think I, mm-hmm thought about my kids and my relationships more passionately during those times. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It makes me, I, I, and I think some of the honest conversations, I think I, even now in the last year or so, just trying to have more, like I always thought I had honest conversations with God and my prayers, <laughs> but realizing there's even more that I maybe don't say out loud or don't pray or don't talk to, mm-hmm. you know, all those yeah. things and stuff. Um, and it's just fascinating as, as mm-hmm. I feel like um, there's uh, one of the, I think it's a Defender song that Bethel does, Stephanie Gretzinger sings. And um, one of the lines is like, uh, you knew where I left me, you know, like God knows right where to bring us back to, even with ourselves, yeah. you know, and what those next steps are and stuff. So it's, it's pretty wild. I think sometimes to think about. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, leadership is being calm in the midst of chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's providing clarity yeah. to someone when you don't have it for yourself. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. I mean that's those are that's, that's, the, those are the stories that you were just telling. The analogy of of everything seems cool on the surface, but you're like the little under the water, you're like the little duck. Yes, you know? like a duck on a pond. Mm-hmm. I know that for for 2020 that was you know people would say like pastor jim would say it seems like you know the perception was everything's all good i have it all dialed in but the fact of the matter is that we were freaking out over here you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. we were doing all the things all the covid protocols in my house you know and um there was i'll tell you what speaking of the suck there was probably the first from the time of lockdown. So the last time we recorded in the same room until I would say probably halfway through the year, I wouldn't even kiss my wife. I was like, man, we don't know what this is. 
all these people are just dying. Mm-hmm. Then I would get myself all caught up looking at Facebook and these people are saying things. They don't know what they're talking about, which led to, am I going crazy? Is this really not happening? And it's, you know, it was, that was a crazy, crazy year. But all that to say now, all of us are kind of moving past that. And we see, we see different crews and, and different medics and whatnot at the hospitals. And now we're, we're telling the stories, you know what I mean? We're telling, we're talking about how we made it through this thing, you know, and it was the worst. What's cool about hard stuff like that was cool about those seasons that are just a grind and just suck like that is that it gives capacity for the next hard thing. You know what I mean? So now we've moved in our industry from, from COVID to now there's really nobody left in our industry. So we're so shorthanded in Genesee, well, all counties really, but I work in Genesee County. So that's what I really know. There's so few trucks on the road during the day that we're constantly at what they're calling critical status. So, you know, our 911 dispatchers are calling us while we're on calls or in the hospital. Can anybody clear for a priority one emergency? You know, we have calls pending. So, so we're into a new thing, a new season that right mm-hmm. now seems even worse than the last season. I'm thankful that it's getting close to retirement time. <laughs> so to kind of come back around to leadership. So my focus for ever has been bringing up the next, who's got next, who's going to take, yeah. who's going to take the, uh, the guide on from me yeah. and keep moving forward. The legacy. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I don't want to be here forever. I'm, you know, I'm just looking for the guy or girl who wants to seat at the table, you know? Absolutely. You know, I think that's one of our main jobs as leaders is to grow other leaders, not followers. Right. Right. Way easier to grow followers. It's a lot harder to grow a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's gotta be the focus. hundred percent. And that's that you're right. That's hard. That is a difficult task. You well, know, you I be, have my eye. You have to give more I of yourself. have my eye on guys. You know, there's yeah. more of that, um, the litmus mm-hmm. test. It's like, are you legit? Right. Are you just sparking orders? Are you yeah. actually somebody that has a depth in you that can actually lead and guiding and extend some wisdom and compassion towards other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and then it's like, how do I do what I do? Huh? <laughs> you start, like, to first ask yourself that question. You're like, wait. I haven't thought about that. It's like second nature. Right. How do I right. do what I do? And then how do I teach how I do what I do? Yeah. I a little like word ninja in there. Yeah. But it's like, it gets metacognitive real quick. You start mm-hmm. to like growing a leader is just like, do this. You, you know, or sorry, that was growing a follower. Growing a leader is like, Hey, here's how I do this and why I do this. Here's what's right. worked in the past. Here's what hasn't. What do you think? How could you make it better? That's way harder. It takes way more right. time, way more effort. That's good. And then you don't want them to do it just as good as you. You want them to stand on your shoulders. Right. You know, you want to be better. Yeah. That's take right. this where I never could. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. 
kind of a joke we have on my rig. Well, my partner, Dan, and I, we claim ourselves as better than everybody all the time. Like, <laughs> it's, what do you it's call silly. It? Tell them what you call huh? it. Tell them what you call it. The great. The greatest of all time. No, you call it the great. Oh, and the great and powerful Alpha 193. Yes. <laughs> nice. Metacar. I love it. Yeah. We are the best. We hashtag our little logo. You know what? As a matter of fact, I made hashtag A193 a place you can check in on Facebook. <laughs> Why wouldn't nice. I? Nice. That is awesome. But, that is gold. But what's, what's cool, though, is we started doing that, and I started just going around claiming that I already beat everybody, that I'm the best there ever was. Yeah. It got, like, two or three other crews to, like, oh, we accept that challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, medics younger than me. I think. Yeah. People yep. going, I think I can be better. And mm-hmm. I'll be like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way until you can do IVs right and left-handed, you know, yeah. which I can, I might add. But now people are doing it. And I really only did that. I taught myself to do IVs lefty because I noticed one time I had this old dude and I like had his arm in the ear under arrest position, like all reefed around. I was like, you know what? Here's this guy and he's sick and in pain. And I'm putting his arm into like a Kimura, putting it around his back just so I can get fluid started. Yeah. I should figure out how to do this with my left hand. And then it would be just more natural to him. Mm-hmm. And so... I started doing that. Now, I don't often, this is the first time I'm telling the story like that. I usually tell people it's just because I'm naturally gifted, but it took a lot of work. It took a lot of work to figure out that dexterity. And that's the real, you know, that's the real deal. But us just joking around like that has really got other people, other crews like, oh, we can, we think we're better than you. Okay, cool. But now across the board, we have, Mm-hmm. you know, three or four ambulances trying to be better and trying to do. Yeah. I love it. Cause it's like, it's how you show up. Yeah. Like you show up with that. Like that's where you come from. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times I talk, we talk about goals and I'm like, goals are great, but it's a place to get to. What if you showed up tomorrow from that goal? So right. like you're already there. How would you operate? How would you show up if you had already achieved the goal? Who would you have to be to be that person? And so do that. Right. Like when I get there, when I do this, when I, 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 so why can't you just show up like that tomorrow? Right. Again, it's just a mindset shift, but they're, they're missing the confidence of all of the little, you know, hash marks that you get to achieve. Right. It's like, but if you just switched your mindset and came from that place, you're mm-hmm. there right now. That was the thing we did in the military was act as if that's what they told us. Yes. The whole thing was always act as if you're that next higher ranks. Mm -hmm. So your PFC act like a corporal. So your corporal act like a sergeant. So you're, you know, and everything in a lot of guys, what I would do was inside my cover. I always had, I would safety pin the next rank, the next higher one from where I was. It would always be in there. Love it. And that was, and it's that's that kind of mindset. Just put mm-hmm. yourself at the next level every time. That's really good because I think I'd have a whole lot less like stress about it because I'm not anxious about if I'm going to get there or not. You're, you're just, already you're, there. I'm there. You're, just, you're there. I like that. And you're that. working from it. I like that a lot. Right. And and to take that from from a, a biblical worldview, 
that's what we say, right? We're already we're working from the win already. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, we we know the score. We know the score. We know how it goes. So we're operating from that place. So why not just let that translate Mm -hmm. into everything? That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Good stuff. Powerful. (laughs) It's always fun because then I get to go back and like edit it. So I get to listen through it again. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit, I don't know if it, I don't know what it is. I go back and I listen like once even it posts then I'll listen to it again because then I feel mm. like I'm listening to it as if everybody else is like it's active. It's live, even though it's the same exact file that I uploaded the night yeah, before right. and emailed right. over. It's nothing's changed, but I'll get on and I'll ex- like experience it. Like this is somebody's hearing this for the first time. And mm-hmm. I try to put myself in people's shoes like that. But so I really, I probably listened to every episode probably like four or five times by the time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And Jazzy, you should know that I never listen to it. I've never listened to, except for, I think, our fifth or sixth overall episode when I said I said something on there and then somebody called me out on it. But I didn't remember saying it. So it was like a year later mm-hmm. that this conversation pops up. And I was like, ah, I don't remember saying that. I'll go back and I'll listen. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, that was like in the first 10 seconds. <laughs> yep. Yep. So therefore, I didn't listen to the whole episode. I was <laughs> conceited. That's fine. It's good. It's weird, but I'm glad that Ashley listens to it because I'm really big on communication, <laughs> and I'm I'm working to let it be. <laughs> I never see this. The thing is that I would never manipulate an episode to make it not what people were saying. So I would never do that. But I do want it to be clean and for when people listen through that there's nothing distracting even if it I don't know it just depends on what it is I I don't know I'm very much like I played music and play the piano and so there's a little bit of like a flow that I try to make sure that things are clean to that degree but it doesn't mean that every little bit has to be like Mm -hmm. no outside sound or whatever but no I take I'm very much like you want to be proud of it yeah yeah this is the greatest podcast ever. Like, I, I love that you said that last night online, Jim, because I really, this is, Jim listens to all the podcasts and I literally have not, I've maybe listened to two or three episodes of a podcast in my entire life. Like, I don't listen to them because gotcha. then I would, I would start doing the comparison game. So I, oh, I, just, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just don't, I just stay in my lane. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I've listened to a vast amount of them. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. here. Maybe and I the will. Be, one day, the best but... ones are just like this. It's just real authentic conversation. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I've said this before, um, when people ask like, how's it going to go? Like, what's it like, can you send me the questions you'll ask? And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not how it goes. I said, like, I've told people listen to like, listen to Rogan's podcast and that's all it is. I don't know where the conversation's going to go. We're going to kind of try to stay in the wheelhouse of whatever, whoever the guest is, but it's just going to be a talk and that's it. And I think we've asked people that before. Well, what would you want to talk about if you came on the podcast? Like obviously understanding our, our general audience Mm -hmm. of, you know, first responders and veterans and stuff like that. But even, even with that, like what, 
what do you have kind of to circle back around? What do you have to give? Like, what is your passion? Because if you can speak from that place, then you're speaking out of your gifting and your calling. Mm-hmm. And that's so much more powerful than trying to stay on yeah. like a certain yeah. topic and stuff, you know? So yeah, I, I know. I think we did do some questions like initially in the first year, we tried to be really organized and that's just not, it's just not how we are. Not We're us, very man. conversational <laughs> type people, but I think that mm-hmm, that's right. what makes us so flexible to have the conversation and facilitate this. So I, I think it's fantastic. So. You know, I mean, it's, it's how I, it's how I do leadership mostly. Yeah. Like I, I have a, I have a topic. I've got a goal um, kind of to come from, but I don't really know where I'm going to go with it because I'm a, I'm a rabbit holer. I mean, I, I do deep inner work with people Yeah. and deep inner work requires going down every rabbit hole mm-hmm. and getting all the way to the end of it, make sure we're clear on all of it. You know, so I love operating that way. That's cool. You know, and if that's not the case, I can't care about your thing more than you do. That's true. That's uh, right. I I say that lots. So yeah, I love it. You know, I think that, that what I want, what I hope that like my people and what uh, first responders get from this is just, just that idea of, of like leading a lot of times is more by, like how you carry yourself than what you say, you know, or, or how you direct, you know, I, I know it like in the fire service you know, people have heard me say that the guys will get upset because they're told to do the, take out the trash and sweep and mop. And in, in that industry, the idea is if, if I can't trust you to, you know, empty the trash and make sure the toilets are clean, how can I trust you to have my back in a fire? You know, so it's just that kind of repetitive. It might feel like hazing if you're a, a probie or a new firefighter, you know, but there's there's always a point to it. You know, in EMS, same thing. It's just lead by how how we show up, like we talked about. You show up from that place of being the greatest, and then people want to follow that. They want to get on board with that, you know. Um, so I think it's a lot more of example and and your deeds than really your words. Although words play a part of it and that encouragement for me and kind of who I am, is just how, how I conduct myself is. That's all I got. Ashley. I never know who you're going to call. No, it's good. Um, (laughs) I think that this always takes me a second before I can go. Um, I think that there's a lot that we have to offer each other. And I, I just think that this idea of embracing the suck together, being able to come alongside somebody else and whatever thing that they're going through, um, simple things for me to encourage another mother in her motherhood, to encourage a friend in the thing that she's doing at work to, you know, whatever that looks like, um, our words have power coming alongside of people. And, and in that way, how we engage, you you kind of have to get in the dirty, in the suck, in the grit with people. Um, that's a level of trust that you can demonstrate, that you're not afraid of that, that you can you can go there with people. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for that and the the ways that I'm able to do that with my, my friends and family and community and with this community and stuff. So I guess I just, I encourage those that are, doing their thing right now 
to know that it, it has value. It may not be the thing that you really love doing right now, but to just remind you that it's, it's going to give you something good and it's doing something good in you if you allow it. And then your capacity to be able to come alongside of others is very powerful. Um, and it's very humbling and honoring too. So just hang in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, sir. Mr. Maynard. It's on you and <laughs> the close out. You know, I think to build off of what Ashley kind of just shared, um, you know, whether you're doing something you love right now or not, I think the way that I approach leadership is a holistic style, meaning um, a leader to me is a complete person. And what a complete person is to me is someone who is happy, who is fulfilled and who is authentic, you know, and that's a process. That's a journey to get there. And there's going to be all kinds of good and all kinds of suck in that, Mm -hmm. but that's where you're headed. That's where you want to go. That's a leader that can build other leaders, you know? So make sure that you're headed in that direction and the things that are crappy, the sprints you're running or the job you're doing or everything in between that is, is leading you towards that. And that you're leading yourself towards that, your team, your family, all of those things um, towards those three things to become a complete person, right? To step into your power of what you're actually called to do and to be passionate about it and not look back, making that personal internal commitment, you know, that you'll be the best that there is. You know, I, I, I wake up every day and I say, I don't know how I'm going to, but I will be the greatest leadership coach that ever walked the earth. Aside from the big guy, Jesus, absolutely, yeah. he, he was the best leadership coach ever, right? Right. Aside of that, I will be the best. I will be the best, and that's how I show up every single day: happiness, absolutely. fulfillment, and authenticity. Be the leader you were called to be. Ooh, <laughs> Ashley, that's our that's our teaser right there. <laughs> that's it. I just have. just figured it out this week. I'm learning new things. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes, we just figured out how to do like sound bites in the on the promo. Oh yeah, and stuff. So. Nice. I love those. Look who's still awake. Hi. Oh. I have a hunch that mine will also still be awake. Go find daddy. Go find daddy. Well, guys, thanks a lot for having me on. That was a blast. Absolutely. My voice held up just enough. That was great. No, we really appreciate it. It was, it's just a joy and it's awesome being able to talk to you and have you share about your life and what you do. And um, I'm excited to get feedback from how it's going to impact others. So, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, You know, hope this blesses the, blesses the, the listeners. Um, And yeah. You know, would love to talk more with you guys. Love to be on there, be on here more often. If you ever need anything, let me know. Um, love to build uh, to build the relationship. Thank you. Right on. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Freedom Center Church and Kingdom Builders, for your continued love and support. Uh, check us out on social media. Be looking for our promo to come up on this episode, and it will go live on Thursday morning. So, thanks for listening. Peace. See you guys.